Corona Chronicles session 42 with Sam Okus. Now, Sam Okus is the editor of QSR magazine, and he's also the host of Fast Forward podcast of uh, the QSR podcast that's being put on right now. And their podcast is very similar to what we're doing here at Restaurant Unstoppable, where we interview successful restaurant owners and operators, and we go deep into uh, their success and what they're doing in their business to be successful. But what, what Sam does is he focuses on larger QSR and fast casual operations, whereas I focus all the way down to pop-ups and even food trucks and independent all the way up to larger operations. Uh, so they have very focused content. Uh, it's a highly recommended podcast. I, I, I suggest you guys go check it out. Uh, but he's also been interviewing at the rate of about one episode a day uh, interviews with, with operators and how they're handling COVID. So in today's chat, we basically just kind of summarize some of the biggest lessons he's learned and uh, kind of what's happening out there, some of the trends that's going on out there. And it was really insightful. But before I hit play on that episode, I want to let you know that today's chat was brought to you by Restaurant 365, a cloud-based all-in-one restaurant specific accounting and back end office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, and food and beverage vendors. Restaurant365.com slash unstoppable is the link to use. And if you use that link, you'll qualify you'll qualify for 30% off implementation and you'll get a free inventory build within restaurant 365, a value of five thousand dollars. That's a great deal. And now's the time that you need to be getting out there and, and working on your business, looking to improve your business for the future. Uh, go check it out. Restaurant 365. Today's chat is also brought to you by P and G professional, specifically Don professional. Don Professional is the number one dish detergent found in most commercial kitchens around the nation. I know during my come up, uh, we were using Don Professionals in a lot of the kitchens I was working in. Not all the kitchens, but a lot of the kitchens. And you knew we were using Don Professional because the suds last so much longer. Uh, they actually clean up to 58% more dishes per sink than other labels. And Don Professional also reduces sinks changeovers because they clean so many more dishes. You reduce your change over by 35%, which saves you up to 6,000 gallons of hot water a year. Check it out. Dom Professional. You can find Dom Professional at Sam's Club. You can uh, learn more about it over at pgpro.com. And again, it's www.pgpro.com. Go check it out. Dom Professional. Now here's today's chat. Sam Okis, my man, how are you? I'm good, Eric. How are you? Great. So Sam and I actually recorded something. I want to say almost two weeks ago now. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't two years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. It feels like it was two years ago. Things have been changing so fast. But yeah, uh, Sam is uh, the uh, host of QSR Fast Forward and the editor of QSR Magazine. What's your specific title again? Remind me. Yeah, I'm so editorial uh, director of Food News Media, which publishes QSR and FSR. But then I'm also the editor of QSR. Got you. So, um, so Sam has his podcast going. He's been doing a great job over there. He's been uh, for a while. You, you were you were publishing one episode a day, uh, kind of doing the same thing we were doing, just trying to, to stay plugged into yeah. the industry, talking to restaurateurs, trying to find out what they're doing, people that we know, like, and trust, uh, going to those networks and just trying to get best practices. Um, I, I would say the difference between what I was doing, what you were doing, I tend to focus more on the independent operators. Um, you tend to focus more on fast, casual uh, franchises and chains. Um, right. And that's one vertical I haven't really explored much so far. And uh, one of the questions that's come up um, on Restaurant Unstoppable is who's going to be impacted more, the smaller independent operators or the bigger 
operators that have, you know, 10 to a hundred locations that have these hungry, hungry hippos that are, you know, the restaurants that they own that aren't generating any, any revenue, but they're still generating expenses. Right. So I'm just really curious, like what have people been saying in in the world of QSR? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be kind of a mixed bag, I think, um, because I think that the, the bigger chains are certainly well positioned to survive these and especially bigger they more cash on hand they have in, in order to survive. Uh, but also, I mean, when you have, if you talk about that 10 to 100 unit um, uh, system, I think they also have the benefit of, you know, if you're spread across a region or if you're spread across the country, you're going to have the benefit of getting hit worse uh, in some areas and better in some areas, which might help, you know, to sustain you um, if you're not affected as badly in some, in some markets. Um, and some of the conversations I've been having, especially recently, I've been actually kind of shocked at how some of the chains, their sales are only down. And I say that only down, um, 20%. And it's really remarkable when you consider that some of these, you know, some of the independent operators in full service, especially is down 70 to 90%. Because when you lose your dining room, you, you lost your, your whole business proposition. So um, some of the bigger chains, um, and, and some of the smaller chains, I think just have the benefit of a much more well oiled machine. And so that's going to help them get through this time, perhaps more so than the smaller independent. Now, the smaller independents, what they have going for them is, you know, their, their communities will, will likely rally around them. You know, they have a smaller operation to manage, so it's a little easier to maybe wrap their head around whatever resources they get from banks, you know, government, whatever, they only have to, you know, they only have to direct it to that one restaurant and their community will support them. But unfortunately, a lot of these mechanisms, they just don't have in place to get by, you know, especially full service restaurants, they didn't have the off premises stuff ready to go. And so now they're, you know, stumbling through trying to figure out how to get that up and running. And a lot of them are doing a really great job as, as I know you've talked to many people who have done that, but, um, but unfortunately for those smaller operations, it's just, it's a little hard uh, to figure out some of these mechanisms that are going to carry them through this season. The, as far as the revenue that these bigger operations are, are turning, it's the, they don't seem to be as impacted. You said they're down like 20%, which is enough to keep the boat afloat. Um, yeah. But what's interesting with the, the restaurant tour is like, it's, I think it's just the mindset that we have less to lose. You know, I mean, it's more relatively to us. It's more. It's our whole life, right? But relative yeah. to the big picture, uh, we don't have that many assets. We don't have that much to lose. So the idea is, can we recover faster? Because we have less to lose. Uh, I think it's kind of the conversation. Um, the other thing is we can make those pivots and those adaptations within a week because our, our operation is so much smaller and so much more nimble. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have the support of our communities uh, because there's typically a deeper relationship there. Um, is that kind of out of line? Do you think to say that? No, I mean, I, mean, I think the relationship part of this is, is huge. I mean, that's, you know, I, I've had this with some of my own local businesses here. I'm based in um, Durham, North Carolina, and I've really wanted to support a lot of the local restaurants here that I love going to because I have a, an emotional stake in that business and I want them to survive because of that. So yeah, that's like I said, I mean, that's really some of the benefit of the smaller independent operators is being able to have that community rally around you. And yeah, I mean, to your point, having the flexibility, that nimbleness to be able to to move um, quickly, I think you're right. For those smart operators, um, they're able to try different things. They're able to pivot to something on, you know, on a dime. And and some of the bigger systems cannot do that. So you're right. In that way, I think they are well positioned to to get through this. Yeah. So we're saying now, I think when we recorded, so when we did our recording like two weeks ago, um, 
I think the conversation, we didn't even know how long we're going to be in this state of isolation. Right. But now right. since, since then we do know that we're looking at at least a couple months. Uh, so it's been a month already, probably another two months into the time of like mid to late June, best case scenario, but very plausibly into 2021. Um, considering it, depending on how, you know, what the future holds, uh, mm-hmm. who do you think, do you think as time kind of marches along, and um, we we get further into the future. Are are those numbers of twenty percent gonna hold, or do you think there might th- that number of twenty percent down might increase, um, like in the in the opposite direction, like the negative direction, or do you think they're gonna get better? What do, what do you think is going on there? I think things get better. I think they get better slowly. And you know, as I understand it from talking to the operators, I don't I don't think the normal. I don't think you get back to normal what you were doing before coronavirus anytime soon. Probably not in 2020. But I do think that there are. I think the restaurant industry will slowly get back to um, just better numbers. I, th- I think we've bottomed out, and the reason for that is is I really believe that, um, you know, for starters, there is a great momentum for the restaurant industry in terms of just this movement towards supporting restaurant businesses. So you have the great American takeout, you have some local stuff. I know you have one in, uh, in Austin there, there's a, a local effort to rally the, the local community to restaurants. And a lot of that stuff is going to really help, I think, to remind customers that uh, of their love for restaurants and that they should go out and support. But also, I mean, just think about this. I mean, the rest, you know, the, the, the grocery stores, I mean, continue to be insane. I mean, I went to Trader Joe's over the weekend and I stood in line for a half hour to get into the Trader right. Joe's. And, you know, I don't want to do that very frequently. And, you know, in North Carolina, we have some now rules about how full grocery stores can be. So lines for grocery stores is part of our new reality. How much do I want to do that? So restaurants, you know, I can order some easily from my phone and have it delivered here, that becomes much more appealing. So I, I do think people will, I think their, their trust is going to be restored in restaurants. They're not going to be as scared that coronavirus is getting you know passed on to them from restaurant employees. I think we're getting over that and they're going to want the restaurant experiences uh, as much of an experience as they can get through delivery or pickup. So I do think that they will return um, to shopping at, at restaurants. I just don't think it's going to be, an, <clears throat> excuse me, and the numbers that they were doing necessarily pre-coronavirus until, you know, for a while. And, you know, to your earlier points about talking about, um, you know, time frame for this, I'm, I'm no epidemiologist, certainly. Um, so I can only base this on what I understand of things. But, um, you know, yes, I believe summertime, you'll start to see um, some of the re- uh, regulations loosen up, people will get out and about. Um, but I really just don't think people will want to sit in a dining room until there is a vaccine or a treatment available, because I, people are going to be wary of crowds for a long time after this and until they're sure they're, there's no risk of them getting sick. So while I think that things will get to back to a little bit of, you know, social norm- normalcy in the summer, I do believe that until we have some sort of treatment um, or, or vaccine is probably when the dining rooms can once again be full. Yeah, I feel like the other. The, I, I would agree with what you just said. I think the other variable there is also getting those ventilators or the the assistant breathing apparatuses. Uh, I, I know they're making a big push towards getting more and more of those. So I think once yeah. we know that the infrastructure is there to support us, uh, that will also help people feel a little bit better. But yeah, that vaccine, getting that out is going to be huge. Um, I know that you. Um, well, I'm, I'm curious. What's the? What are people saying about like? Um, 
the, the state of the, the industry, the future of the industry, what it's going to look like. Because I know right now you guys are doing a big push. Uh, you're doing the, the QSR magazine dot tell us, which is all about people writing in and sharing what their outlook of the future, what their vision of the future looks like. Have you That's gotten right. any data? I know you've been running that for about six days now. So has there been any feedback? Yeah, um, it, it's it's I mean, it, there's a lot of really common threads. And I think it's a lot of, you know, really focused on technology, which is really no surprise. Um, and I think that, you know, specifically within the QSR industry, a lot of the conversations I've had have have talked about the fact that, you know, the QSR fast casual side of things was really well positioned for this now. And it, even just imagining five years ago, if this had happened, you know, QSR and fast casual would would not uh, be in the position they are now because they didn't have a lot of those, you know, tools that technology available to them, like digital ordering and, and, you know, the apps and delivery and things like that. Um, QSR probably would be lasting this a lot better than everybody else. If this were like five years ago, cause they had the drive through, which by the way, I think, I think drive through is going to be a, uh, is going to have this revolution. I mean, I, you know, fast casuals were already looking at drive through. They were already, you know, Kava was doing some drive through Chipotle is doing some drive through. I believe that a lot of restaurants will start looking at drive-through uh, as a strategy in the future because of just the ability for it to be this off-premises, you know, just to, to, to you know, I, it's just such a, a useful thing for the QSRs at this stage because it's easier for them to keep the, you know, ensure the health of the customer and the employee and to get food out the window. So yeah, and you, you I think drive-through will be a huge part of it. Yeah. You mentioned earlier uh, the grocery stores. You said 30 minute wait, just get into the grocery store. Now I realize a lot of people are still going to the grocery stores because of just the fact that it's less expensive than eating out. You, if you're a lot of people lost work, a lot of people are worried they might lose work. So they're being a little conservative right now, which makes yeah. sense. But the truth of the matter is from what, I have gathered it's safer to go to a even it's safer even to pick up um, food at the restaurant. Um, not you don't even have to go through the drive through because there's just so many fewer touch points. Uh, people are keeping the doors propped open. You're literally walking in. And the only thing you touch is the bag that they're putting on the table for you to pick up. You know, whereas yeah. the grocery store, there's, you know, going to be far more many people in there. It's a lot less controlled environment. So I think people are starting to realize that it's actually safer to go to restaurants right now because it's such a, a, a better controlled environment. Yeah, I, I think that's I think people are coming around to that idea because initially, yeah, there when we were in that whiplash stage, which was like, you know, the couple of weeks in March um, when things really, you know, started to get crazy. I think there was some reaction um, that was negative toward restaurants because well, yeah, there was you know, all closing and, I'm and gonna, everyone's like, stay away from get, restaurants. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, I'm going to throw your, I'll just give you an apology. You're probably hearing my children in the background. Oh, um, good, Don't <laughs> even worry this, about it. The state of all of our lives right now is that I have my three-year-old and one-year-old fighting in uh, the room behind me. So, lovely. For, for what um, it's worth, man, I'm used to recording on site. So, this is a very tame environment compared to <laughs> kitchen workers in the background. So, this is... Yeah, the realities <laughs> of this. I've had a couple podcasts yeah. interrupted by children already, and it's um, it adds flavor to the conversation. Real, Let's just brother. say that. Um, but yes, I mean, I think in that whiplash period, there was some fear around is, is, you know, food service going to be passing the coronavirus, you know, and on the packaging on the food. And a lot of that's been dispelled, you know, since that whiplash period. So now I think people are coming around to understanding that, yes, you're right. There's really fewer people involved in the food service operation than there are in the supermarkets. And when you're at the supermarkets, you're around all of these other people. And, and that really is the threat in, in spreading coronavirus is when you're in close quarters with other people. So, um, yeah, I think that the restaurant, 
is a, just such a, I, I think the message that restaurants can give to the customers is that, you know, we're doing everything we can to keep your food safe. We are keeping our employees safe. We're doing all the checks. We're following all of the, you know, things, the suggestions that we should be as rec- recommended by the CDC and the government. And, um, and you have nothing to worry about here. So uh, if you can keep pushing that message, I think customers will, will continue to feel much more relaxed about um, ordering from, from restaurants. And yeah, it's, it's going to be less of a headache, less time and really restaurants. I mean, it's not that much more expensive when you consider some of the costs of grocery stores. Well, these some days. of the cost of the time, what's your time worth? You're going to be standing right. in, in line for a half hour. Let's say you make 20 bucks an hour. Um, yeah. that's $10 out the window right there. And, are you gonna- and fear and fear too. Like yeah. I, when I was at Trader Joe's, we're all wearing masks now in North Carolina. I don't know if y'all are in Texas now, but yeah, that's a very real part of life. And so to stand six feet apart from other people in a line for Trader Joe's wearing my mask, I thought I was in a zombie movie. I mean, it was bizarre. Or- and so it's, you know, I'm not, it's, 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 I'm recognizing that it's a part of life and I'm getting over it, but it is still, I would rather have that food dropped on my doorstep <laughs> and left there than having to go stand in a line wearing my mask. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier a lot of the conversation around your QSR magazine dot tell us uh, a lot of what was coming in was um, talk around technology. Um, has there been any technology that has come up on your radar that people are, are implementing um, that's unique or, you know, tailor fit for curbside or pickup or is there, is there anything that kind of has your attention that you can share with my audience? Yeah, I think one thing that's jumping out right now is contactless payment. Um, you know, before I didn't call it, you know, 2015, 2016, there was a real renewed interest in things like kiosk ordering. And I think that's going to disappear entirely because yeah. kiosk ordering is built I on touch. this idea that you walk into a restaurant and touch the screen that, you know, who knows how many millions of other or hundreds of other customers have already touched that day. And um, so one of the, the tech trends I really expect to see to become a new thing is just um, contactless payment, which of course, right now you, you already have some of those mechanisms in place with things like Apple Pay so it's not that hard to necessarily make this pivot but I'm seeing a lot of tech companies start talking more about you know how to incorporate into the restaurant experience a full contactless experience um, with payment with service with all of those things because yeah even when we get beyond this initial coronavirus season uh, and even beyond you know once we get a vaccine I think it's going to be on all of our minds we're going to be much more conscious of hygiene and of germs and not wanting to touch things that other people have touched. So I think that a lot of the technology, at least initially, will be around uh, some of that contactless uh, movement. And one thing I, I picked up on um, that I, I really want to try to echo, you know, and create some ritual around this concept of we get to choose how we come back. Um, mm-hmm. Because never have I ever known a time in our industry where we were at a standstill for this what will be a, a, a few months, you know, what, what, yeah. which I feel pretty confident in saying that. Um, and there's a lot of things we can choose to do to come back a certain way. Um, what are the, what are the people saying? Is that, is that kind of been a sentiment in your interviews? Has that been echoing throughout your conversations as well? Yeah, I think that it's, especially for some of the corporate folks I've talked to and CEOs, I I think it's top of mind for them because of course they're not necessarily on the front lines. They're not behind the counters preparing the food and, and, um, and are are trying to be respectful of their employees and keeping that distance um, from them. So they're, they're spending a little bit more time on some of the big picture stuff and thinking about what comes next. And so I do think that they are very conscious of, okay, what are we learning right now in this season? What are, what, what of these learnings can we take? 
take with us into the future? What does the industry look like in the future? Um, you know, a lot of them are also thinking about how is this going to benefit my company? I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is it sounds kind of crass to say, but a lot of these chains, um, are, are, there's going to be a boom for them after this because they're going to have employees and real estate readily available to them. The labor pool is going to be better than it's been in years. And the real estate options and the cost of construction and all that stuff is going to be way down. And so that's going to be good for some of these bigger chains in expansion mode. And so I think they're, they're going to start planning for that. Um, and, and a lot of them, you know, they've been through this a few times. There've been a few recessions in the last, you know, 40, 50 years. So some of them have some, some, you know, plans in place that they've already kind of, you know, done some of this, but, you know, as for how they can maybe reinvent themselves, um, you know, I think that the, I think they're still, learning. And I, and, and what's interesting, I think too, is that I think there is a real spirit of camaraderie here. I think there's a real spirit of listening to each other and listening to our partners. So like the vendors, I think are, are getting involved and in, in talking to the operators, the operators want to hear from the vendors. I think, um, there's going to be a big period and, you know, we're trying to facilitate this too, but there's going to be a period of idea sharing where, I do think collectively the industry can figure out where we go from here. It's going to be obviously at the individual restaurant level, but I do think that the industry will, will help each other. This is hospitality. People want to help each other. The vendors want to help their restaurant clients and the restaurants want to help their vendors and other partners because it's in everybody's best interest yeah, to get through the season together. We so. need each other. At the end of the day, these, these vendors need restaurants for their livelihood. So they're going to do whatever they can in the, in the short term to make sure that they're getting the support they need because um, like you said, we need each other. Uh, it's, it's really yeah. cool to see how, how the industry is coming together right now. It really is. Uh, anything yeah. else that we have not gotten to, um, that, uh, you, you, you think we need to bring to the conversation before we start to wrap things up? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I've been asking all of my guests for one bit of encouragement and, um, just to, uh, as the last question, which I think has been really interesting and, um, refreshing for me. Cause I, you know, I, I need this encouragement as much as anybody else, but, um, you know, I think it's important to remember that the season will someday be behind us and, you know, someday we'll look at it all in hindsight, um, as being, I think ultimately positive for the restaurant industry. It's, it's hard to have some of these conversations and I'm sure for some of your listeners, you know, it's, it's cold comfort right now if you're struggling day to day. And maybe if you've closed your, your business, then it's cold comfort to hear the, Oh, the restaurant industry will be better for this because it's not going to be the case for a lot of people. But, um, you know, the theme of a lot of my conversations has been around the fact that it's hard right now, but if you can do what you need to do to get through this, your business will be better. You're, you will be smarter, you will be stronger. And, um, and in hindsight, all of this will be, um, a really great experience. (laughs) It sounds so weird to say that, but it will be a great experience. I mean, look, we were coming to, we were going to go into a recession, I think either way right now we're going through in two or three months, we'll go through what will probably would have happened in two or three years. And so this is expediting some stuff that needed to happen. And, um, it's painful. It's, there's no doubt about it. And um, people are suffering and, and that sucks. And we, and we can help each other as much as we can to alleviate that suckiness. But, but it is important to remember that there will be another side of this. Restaurants will be, will be stronger for it. And, um, and I think if we set our eyes on that and, and to your point, if we have a plan in place now to, you know, know how we evolve, know how we change, know how we become a better business. Um, I think we will, 
we will position ourselves for success. Um, so, so there's positivity to this uh, is one thing that I've been gleaning from a lot of my interviews. And so um, I think if you keep that in mind, it's a, it's a good thing. In disaster, there's always, always, always almost opportunity. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a negative way to think. I think if, if anything, it's hopeful. It's, it's, it's good to have hope in times like this and to look ahead and to, to focus on the future and not what we don't have control over. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sam Okus, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to, to come on to update what you've learned in the past couple of weeks. And <clears throat> it's always kind of uh, fun to share knowledge, cross-reference uh, with other podcasters. I love what you guys are doing over there at QSR. Fast forward. Uh, how can we connect if we want to come follow your work at QSR fast forward? Maybe we want to contribute to uh, this QSR magazine dot tell us what's the best way to connect. Yeah, thanks, Eric. And, and thanks for having me on. Um, so qsrmagazine.com is um, all of our information is up there for free. Um, QSR Magazine is a free subscription and FSR Magazine. If you're a full service operator, we have fsrmagazine.com. Um, if you go to qsrmagazine.com slash subscribe or fsrmagazine.com slash subscribe, you can subscribe for free to our print issues, which are monthly. And you can also subscribe to our newsletters. Um, but all of our stuff is up there on the websites for free too. So, um, and then we're on across all the social media as well. You can email me, sam at qsrmagazine.com if you want to chat. Um, and to your point, yeah, we have this tell us feature up there now. It's qsrmagazine.com slash tell us, T-E-L-L-U-S. Um, and what we've done is we've just set up this feedback channel. So if you have some ideas on you know, what you've learned in this season, and definitely if you have some ideas on where the restaurant industry goes from here, what your your picture for the future of the restaurant restaurant industry, uh, what that looks like. Um, share that with us. We're going to put it in some future stories and just leave it up ongoing so that people can continue to provide that input and we'll prov- continue to create stories out of that because I think it's, I mean, to, like what I was saying earlier is I think the whole industry, if we can come together as an industry and envision a brighter future for ourselves after all of this, um, I think that we can make it, you know, it's, it's going to be a good thing for all of us. We can make it as strong as we possibly can. Yeah. And I'll have those links that uh, Sam just shared with us over in the show notes. If you head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash RCP for restaurant coronavirus podcast, this will be session 42. Uh, so just scroll down until you see session 42 and I'll have the links to um, those resources there in a summary of today's discussion. Sam Okis, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, let, let's stay in touch. Let's continue to share information. Let's continue to move our industry forward. Sounds great. Thanks, Eric. Cheers. We'll cut it there. There you go. Again, thank you very much to Sam Okis for coming on the show and sharing your perspective. And it seems like there's a trend going on right now where people are starting to feel more and more comfortable going out to restaurants uh, for curbside and for pickup. And I think that there's, you know, and I realize not everybody can afford to eat out every meal. Uh, but the truth is, I think that the split was somewhere around 40, 60% of people eating out to to eating at home. So there was almost, we're almost at a 50 50 split between people eating out and going to grocery stores before all this. And over, you know, obviously now, um, with this force change, uh, I would be curious to see what those numbers are, but I think people are realizing that it's actually safer to go pick up at restaurants. There's, it's, it's a much more controlled environment there's fewer touching points and it's more convenient. So, um, people are paying or willing to pay more right now, I believe than before to, to get that added security and that convenience. So that's something to factor in. It's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see where this, this whole thing pans out and what the future looks like and how the world, uh, the industry, as we know, it will be forever changed. That's for sure. And we'll be plugged into it 
that is also for sure. I'll keep you updated. Uh, before we say goodbye, I want to let you know that today's chat was brought to you by Restaurant 365, a cloud-based all-in-one restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable to qualify for 30% off implementation, or you can also get $5,000 off your Restaurant 365 inventory build. Uh, it's a great deal. Again, restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. This episode's also brought to you by PNG Professional, specifically Dom Professional, the number one dish detergent in the industry, Dom Professional. Uh, you can clean up to 50%, 58% more dishes per sink with Dom Professional. Head over to P gpro.com to learn more and thank you guys all for sticking around this long um, i would not be able to do what i do without the support of my sponsors so please please support restaurant unstoppable by using my sponsors clicking my links and letting them know that you uh it was restaurant unstoppable that kept them top of mind all right guys that's it for today uh we'll talk to you soon until next time peace out